You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. God is a God of revelation and He reveals Himself through His Word and through His actions. And nothing is by accident. Nothing in the scriptures is by accident. God doesn't duplicate himself. There's not throwaway words. I've had people actually say that, where they said, oh, you know, this word and this word are interchangeable. It's like, no, 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 no. When God uses a word in the scripture, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. There's a meaning behind it. How often do you say something you don't mean? In the age of texting, we let our thumbs think for us, and then we reread and regret later on. Today, Pastor Holland reminds us that every single word in the Bible is intentional. It's a living book with multiple layers. You may study a verse a hundred times, and in that last reread, you discover meaning you hadn't known was there. Don't pick and choose what you take away from the gospel. Every word of it is essential and has significance. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Leviticus chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Beauty of Holiness. We're going to get into the book of Leviticus. Um, before we do, I just want to I just want to share with you something that I was uh, informed of last night. And it kind of brought home to me the importance of what we did when we went back to the Midwest. And that is uh, one of the towns we went to, Crown Point. It, it was one of the harder places to minister at. A lot of spiritual warfare there. There was a guy that was, uh, you know, when uh, Pastor Mike was preaching, the gospel decided to get on his motorcycle and, you know, kind of driving around the area so kind of to disrupt what was going on. And we knew it was the devil because it wasn't even a Harley. I mean, it wasn't like a proper motorcycle. It just had this like this, you know, it's like one of those like plastic ones, the one you get at, at Toys R Us. And, uh, you know, and so yeah, he was kind of just driving around with this thing and like, and we're, we're looking at him like, what are you doing? First of all, why don't you get like a real bike? And uh, second of all, you know, just uh, if you're going to disrupt it, do it proper, you know, get, get some good mufflers and get a good sound there and. And then, he, and then he honked at us on the way out, and it was one of those sissy honks, and like, beep, beep. And so it was just kind of like, it was just hilarious. We knew it was the enemy. But the thing is, is that there was a guy that came that night, and he was with, with his wife, and his wife is an on-fire believer. He is not. He is really just, was one time walking with the Lord, and, and now is not walking with the Lord. And um, he heard the gospel, went to church the next day, heard the gospel again, but didn't respond, didn't respond to the gospel. And I got a text uh, yesterday that he died suddenly. They don't know what he died of, but he just died suddenly. And it brought home to me what we're here for and how important what we do is. And Mike was saying, now do you understand why? If I get a little upset, because you guys aren't paying attention, if I get a little upset at you guys because you're on your phones instead of praying for the people, or I get a little upset at you when you're not focused on what God is doing because God is working in the midst of his people, and it's serious. It's life and death. And for this guy, you know, he didn't make that decision. He didn't make the decision to do it. And so it's just a reminder to me, first of all, as, as a believer, that um, we don't know when we talk to someone. We don't know when we, when we rub shoulders with someone if that's going to be the last time we're going to 
they're going to spend on this earth and how important it is for me to be about the gospel and sharing the love of Jesus Christ and making sure that people know where they're going to spend eternity. And not just know where they're going to spend eternity, but know where they're going to live right now. How are you living right now? Uh, Because we don't know how much time we have. And really, Leviticus kind of brings this all out in a very real way. And so uh, you can turn to Leviticus chapter 1. This week we began our study through the book of Leviticus. And uh, everything's online. If you miss something, you can go to our website and catch up on it. But God is a God of revelation, and he reveals himself through his word and through his actions. And nothing is by accident. Nothing in the scriptures is by accident. God doesn't duplicate himself. There's not throwaway words. I've had people actually say that, where they said, oh, you know, this word and this word are interchangeable. It's like, no, 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 no. When God uses a word in the scripture, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. There's a meaning behind it. And so each of the books of the Bible, the Torah, the five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, have a corresponding Hebrew name. And in the Hebrew name of each of those books is a message that's for us, that is carried over into the book of Leviticus. For instance, uh, Genesis, the Hebrew name for Genesis is Bereshit. And it means in the beginning. And basically what the Hebrews did is they got the name of the book from the first word of the book. From the first word of the book. And they believe that the first word is essential. And so in the beginning, Exodus is Shemot. And Shemot in the Hebrew is names. Uh, Leviticus is Vayikra. Vayikra in the Hebrew is, and he called. Numbers is Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. And Deuteronomy is Devarim, and it is translated words. And so what's the message that God has for us? Well, the message is this. In the beginning, he, the Lord, called us in the wilderness by name called us in the wilderness by name, by his word. And who is his word? Jesus. Jesus is the word of God, the living word of God. And so from the very beginning, God has made his intention for you plain. From the very beginning, he's been calling you by name into relationship with him. While you were in the wilderness... He called you by name through Jesus. And what God reveals to us in this is his desire for us to know him. God wants you to know him. God made us for relationship with him. He already knows about you. He knows everything there is to know about you because he created you. He knows your purpose. He knows how your brain works. He knows how you're wired. But what he wants from you is for you to know him. And we've looked at the progression of relationship with God as we've gone through the scriptures. In Genesis, man begins in the Garden of Eden, in a tropical paradise. That's why I believe that every single one of us was made to live in a tropical paradise. But when you come to the end of Genesis, where's man at the end of Genesis? 
He's separated from God. He's out of the garden. He's no longer in the garden in the presence of God. He's now separated from God, and he's living in Egypt. And Egypt is always a picture of bondage, of tyranny to this world and to this world system. It's being under the bondage of the world. And then we come to Exodus. And Exodus is a story of redemption. God's power to save out of bondage and slavery to all the false gods of the world, to all the powers of this world. And you have to understand from God's perspective, when, you know, people will talk about darkness versus light and it, in an abstract concept, but from God's perspective, there is God and then there's everything else. There are no other gods. There's only one God. And all the other false gods that claim to be God, that claim to exercise authority, that take authority over your life, that puts you into slavery and bondage to the things of this world, they're the enemies of God. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. And in the book of Exodus, we see God's power to deliver man from the enemies of God and from their slavery, their enslavement over our lives. And there's this beautiful picture in the Passover that he has not forgotten the covenant that he made with Israel. And even Netanyahu made this observation, the prime minister of Israel. He said, hey, isn't it kind of weird that we're all like literally living the Passover? Just as it was in the book of Exodus, we're all in our homes and death is all around us. God hasn't forgotten his covenant with Israel. And we're going to begin to see God now move and fulfill his promises in the nation of Israel that he said he would when he made his promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. We're going to see those things come to fruition in the near future. But there's this beautiful picture in the Passover where there is the three matzah crackers and you have the what's called the unity. It's sometimes a tray or a, a a cloth pocket with three pockets inside and representing the Trinity, the triunity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the middle one representing Jesus, it's referred to as the afikomen. And you take the afikomen out and you break it, you know, signifying the broken body of Jesus. Jesus' body was broken for us. And the way that they make the matzah, it's 
pierced. It's got holes in it. He was pierced for us. It's bruised. He was beaten and bruised for us. So it represents uh, Jesus' death on the cross. But what you would do is you would break the afikomen in half, and you would take half of it and set it aside till after the Passover dinner. And then you would take the other half, and you would wrap it in a linen cloth, and then you would hide it representing the burial of Jesus. And then what you would do is you would tell the kids, okay, after dinner, one of you is going to find the afikomen. And so all of you go and you look for the afikomen. It's hidden somewhere. And whoever finds the afikomen gets a prize. And it's what happens in our lives. Whoever finds Jesus gets the prize. They didn't know for all these centuries that this is what it meant. But they do this, and they don't understand why they're doing it, but it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a picture of salvation. But here's what's interesting. The other half of the afikomen is saved until the end of the Passover meal. And the last thing you eat that night is the afikomen. After the afikomen, there's no dessert. And the Jews believe that something mystical happens, that this piece of matzah bread that is bland, and I don't know if you ever had matzah bread, doesn't have a taste, it's tasteless. It's dry, you know, it's just, it's just, there's nothing much to it. There's nothing special about it. But all of a sudden, at the end of the Passover meal, after the fourth cup, the hallelujah cup is drank, something changes, and all of a sudden the afikomen becomes sweet. And so that's the last thing you eat, is you eat this afikomen. And you don't want to have dessert afterwards, because it's like, you know, you don't want to ruin the taste of the sweetness of the afikomen by having something else in there, so it's the last thing you eat. There is no dessert afterwards. I mean, how many of you have had that happen, where you eat this incredible meal, and then someone gives you some dessert that's just terrible, you know, and it's all waxy and it's all the. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you leave and all you know is this terrible taste that you have in your mouth. You don't have the good, you know, the good meal that you just had. That's not what you remember. You remember the horrible thing that you just had. But what is being communicated through that is that there is nothing sweeter than the taste of salvation. That there is nothing sweeter than the taste of freedom that comes through salvation. That's the afikomen. There's nothing sweeter for us than Jesus. And so there's nothing eaten after the afikomen. You don't eat anything else. You don't partake of anything else because you've had the sweetest thing in the world. You don't want to ruin it by tasting something else. And so there's nothing sweeter for us than salvation. And that's the thought that we come into when we enter into the book of Leviticus. When we come out of Exodus, we've tasted the sweetness of the salvation of God. God has delivered us, and now we come into Leviticus having tasted the sweetness of God. And there's a response now on our part as a result of that. In Leviticus 1 verse 1, it says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting. That word called means to summon, to invite, to call by name. 
It's a personal invitation. God is calling Moses by name. And it's an invitation to have fellowship, to have communion, to have relationship to God. So this God of power that has just delivered you and set you free, now God says, Moses, I want you to have fellowship with me. I want you to know me. I want you to have communion with me. I mean, how amazing that God would want to have fellowship with us. How amazing that God would want to have communion with us. That he's not a God that wants to be far away. He's not a God who's distant. That he's a God who wants to draw near and wants us to draw near to him. And to be close to him. 1 John 4, 9 says, In this the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And in this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And I've taught this many times that the word propitiation points back to the tabernacle, back to the tabernacle that's in the wilderness. And it's translated the mercy seat. And so this is the mercy seat of God, God's mercy being displayed, manifested, made known to us. And above the mercy seat were two cherubim. And Jesus is between them. And it's from this place with the two cherubim that God said that he would speak to us. And you might remember the picture that I showed of the mercy seat and the resurrection of Jesus, the the tomb of Jesus, where he had the, the two cherubim on either side and Jesus was there in the middle of them. And God is speaking to us through Jesus in that very moment. Jesus, whom the Bible says in previous times God spoke through his prophets, but in these last days he is speaking to us through his Son. And so you have the voice of God coming from the Holy of Holies, from the tabernacle, from that secret place, from the inner sanctum, above the mercy seat, where salvation is freely given. And God is calling to Moses, And having tasted the sweetness of salvation, Moses draws near to God. Do you remember when God called you to draw near to him? Do you remember what that day was like? Do you remember where you were at? Who you were with? Do you remember what God said to you that drew you into relationship with him? I do. I remember it was when the Bible study leader read John 3.16. He just said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And when he said those words, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. And I remember going home that night and I just had this overwhelming sense of the love of God. And I just prayed as I walked home because it was in a trailer park that we lived at. And I just said, Lord, I will follow you. I will serve you. I'll give myself completely over to you. 
And I've had ups and I've had downs. I've done good and I've done bad. But I've always returned to the Lord. Because once you've tasted the sweetness of Jesus, there's nothing else like it. And so I accepted the call, just like many of you have accepted the call to follow Jesus. And it's an invitation to be one with God. That's what the invitation is. In 1 Corinthians 6.17 it says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And that is the meaning of the burnt offering. That is the meaning of consecration. It means that I am accepting, that I am receiving oneness with God. That I want to be one with God. I want to know Him. And the best illustration we have of this is marriage. Marriage is a picture of our relationship with God. It's a picture of the bride and the bridegroom and the two becoming one. You know, when I join my body to my wife in marriage, something mysterious happens. I become one flesh with her. We become one. And anything that interrupts that oneness, anything that comes between that oneness, it's a violation. We don't want anything to separate us because that's a violation. And in the same way, when I consecrate myself completely to God, I am choosing to become one with God. I'm responding to the call to become one with God. And anything that gets in the middle of that is a violation. I don't want that. I want to be one with God. And for me, that's sin. For you, there are some things that might not be a violation. It doesn't affect your relationship with God. For me, there are things that affect my relationship with God. And I don't want anything to violate that, so I get them out of my life. I take them out of my life. I don't want them in my life. I want to be one with God. I don't want to join myself to another God. I don't want to join myself to another Power. I want to follow Jesus. Because once you've tasted the sweetness of Jesus, why would you want anything else? That's why Hebrews says in Hebrews 6, 4, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put Him to an open shame. Thank you for listening today. When I was a young man, Jesus made Himself known to me. I was sitting in a Bible study and I heard an audible voice say, Holland, I love you. And those words changed my life. You know, those words can change your life today as well. You know, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today you can begin that eternal everlasting life by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, 
I surrender to you. I want to live my life for you. Forgive me for everything I've done to offend you. Forgive me for breaking your law. I want to surrender to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've done that, you're born again. You've been listening to a message in a series called The Beauty of Holiness, going through the book of Leviticus. We're so glad you took the time to learn from God's Word today, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Right now, you can hear more messages by visiting our website, calvarysanclemente.org. Just click on Teaching. Feel free to download and share the messages you find there, and we trust they'll be a blessing to you. We'd love to connect with you on social media as well. You can find us on many platforms by following the links available at our website. Be sure to like our pages to stay up to date with all the latest information. Are you in the San Clemente area? If so, we have a seat waiting for you at Calvary Chapel San Clemente this Sunday. We gather to worship at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. You can get directions and more information by visiting calvarysanclemente.org. If you're not able to be with us in person right now, that's okay. We're streaming our services live every week on our website, as well as on YouTube and Facebook Live. Just visit our website for all the information you need to connect. One more time, that's calvarysanclemente.org. Is there anything we can be lifting up to the Lord in prayer for you? Please let us know by calling us at 949-228-9117. That's 949-228-9117. We're happy to connect with you. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.